Hi, my name is Brad Constantine, and this is a podcast of the New Testament. I'll be using as the text the King James Version, along with the Joseph Smith Translation. Although this is not an official recording of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, every effort's been made to be as doctrinally accurate as possible. I'll also be using quotes from general authorities of the Church, the Apostles and Prophets, and BYU professors and others, and uh, every word out of the Scriptures themselves. So if you're ready for a really detailed analysis of the New Testament, you've come to the right place. Welcome. Hello there, welcome. This is going to be for 1 Timothy chapter 1. So since we're starting a new book, I will read a little bit background about Timothy. First of all, this audience, obviously the letter is what's known as one of the pastoral letters because they provide significant counsel to those serving as pastors or leaders in the church. Timothy was born in Lystra. His father was Greek. He grew up under the watchful care of his righteous Jewish mother and grandmother. They taught him the scriptures from his youth. Paul invited Timothy to serve with him during his second missionary journey. From that time on, Timothy served faithfully as a missionary and church leader. Paul wrote this letter while he was between his first and second Roman imprisonments, probably about A.D. 64. During this time, Paul traveled to the regions where he had established branches of the church, strengthening them in the faith. At some point, Paul assigned Timothy to watch over the church in Ephesus with the specific assignment to stop the growth of false doctrine. In this letter, Paul counseled Timothy regarding how the church should function and how members should interact with one another. He insisted that church leaders should set an appropriate example for members to follow. Timothy's young age made it difficult for older and more prominent members of the church to accept his leadership. So some things that are taught in this uh, chapter and in the book of Timothy. Learn and teach true doctrine. Be a good, good example. Follow after righteousness and deny ungodliness. Instructions on how to lead the church. How to straighten out difficulties. Duties of a bishop and the deacon. Teach sound doctrine. These are pastoral epistles feeding the lambs of the church. Warns against busybodies, those who bring contention. Timothy and Titus were probably the equivalent of a stake president or area authorities. Titus was on Crete. Timothy was at Ephesus. These are the last epistles written by Paul. First Timothy and Titus were written after Paul was released from prison. Second Timothy was written after, or when Paul was back in prison in Rome, not long before his death. Much of Paul's message to faithful Timothy is one of warning concerning the current and impending apostasy which was and would be besetting the church of the Meridian Saints and would be a major concern for those who would be living in the last days. Paul's love for Timothy and care for him to remain faithful and true to the bedrock values of his grandmother Lois and his mother Eunice are evident throughout the two letters. Timothy is a type of each of us living in the letter or living in the latter days. Paul, with all the prophets of old and of modern day, wants the saints to be faithful and true from youth on until we have fought a good fight and finished the course, and that we can truly say, I have kept the faith. In uh, Philippians, Paul commends Timothy and speaks highly of him. And uh, so let's go ahead and start with verse 1 then. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ by the commandment of God and the Lord Jesus Christ, our Savior, our hope, and unto Timothy, my own son in the faith, grace, grace mercy, mercy, and peace from God our Father and Jesus Christ our Lord. As I besought thee to, to abide still at Ephesus when I went into Macedonia, that thou mightest charge some that they teach no other doctrine. We all need to know of a surety the doctrine. Our doctrine must be pure and precise, and if it is not, then someone ought to correct us. 
True doctrine understood changes attitudes and behavior. The study of the doctrines of the gospel will improve behavior quicker than a study of behavior will improve behavior. That was by Boyd Packer. M. Russell Ballard said, Those who teach must make sure the doctrine remains pure and that it is taught. Teach Teach by the Spirit using the scriptures and the approved curriculum. Do not introduce or dwell on speculative or questionable topics. In a world that is filled with sin, conflict, and confusion, we can find peace and safety in knowing and living the the revealed truths of the gospel. Verse 4. Neither give heed to fables and endless genealogies which minister questions, rather than godly edifying which is in faith, so do. This reference is probably to exaggerated stories of the heroes and patriarchs of early Hebrew history, such stories being at that time very popular among the Jews. Paul's denunciation of endless genealogy was not of the scriptural and spiritually rewarding study of one's ancestry, but was a criticism of the self-deceptive practice of assuming that one can be saved by virtue of one's lineage. And that was out of the Bible dictionary. Verse 5. Now the end of the commandment is charity out of a pure heart and of a good conscience and of faith unfeigned, from which some having swerved have turned aside unto vain jangling, desiring to be teachers of the law, understanding neither what they say nor whereof they affirm. But we know that the law is good if a man use it lawfully, knowing this, that the law is not made for a righteous man, but for the lawless and disobedient. The righteous don't need laws, they are governed by higher principles. For the ungodly and and for sinners, for unholy and profane, for murderers of fathers and murderers of mothers, for manslayers, for whoremongers and them that defile themselves with mankind, and men-stealers, for liars, for perjured persons, and if there be any other thing that is contrary to sound doctrine, according to the glorious gospel of the blessed God, which was committed to my trust, and I think, and I thank Christ Jesus our Lord, who hath enabled me, for that he counted me faithful, putting me into the ministry, for who, who was before a blasphemer and a persecutor and injurious, but I obtained mercy, because I did it ignorantly in unbelief. And the grace of our Lord was exceeding abundant with faith and love, which is in Christ Jesus. This is a faithful saying, and worthy of all acceptation, that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of whom I am a chief. Howbeit for this cause I obtain mercy that in the that in me first Jesus Christ might show forth all long suffering for a pattern to them which should hereafter believe on him to life everlasting. In other words, if he'll save me, he'll save anyone. Now unto the King eternal, immortal, invisible, the only wise God, be honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. This charge I commit unto thee, son Timothy, according to the prophecies which went before on thee, that thou might that thou by them mightest be, mightest war a good warfare, holding faith and a good conscience, which some having put away concerning faith have made shipwreck, of whom is Hymenius and Alexander, whom I have delivered unto Satan, that they may learn not to blaspheme. So he's talking here about two apostates. Anyway, you can see that the apostates, uh, the apostasy is beginning already. Anyway, that's the end of the chapter, and we'll see you next time. Bye.